0: I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal. And this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, July 6th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Brett, I think it was last week or maybe earlier this week. You referenced Stratton Mountain as a place that you saw fireworks at tennis camp. Am I right about some of those
1: things? That's right. So I think I mentioned it on Monday because it would have been July the 4th. So on Monday, I mentioned it. And then at the end, you ominously alluded to a future fond fact of the day that you were going to reference it. So I've been waiting in anticipation for it. What do you got?
0: Well, as a New England kid growing up, Stratton Mountain was famous not for sending Brett to tennis camp, but for the birthplace of the snowboard. It's where Jake Burton invented the snowboard, and some people may dispute that. There was many inventions similar to that as it was happening, but he is largely considered the father of snowboarding right at Stratton Mountain, so a Vermont invention just like Ben & Jerry's, and so
1: a Stratton Mountain. I had no idea. And I'm a snowboarder. So that's an important moment in my community. But that's that's crazy. I had no idea. You would think that they would have made a bigger deal out of it. I saw nothing about Jake Burton when I was in Stratton. Mountain. They should have had like a statue of the guy. That's like a big monumental thing. It's a
0: big deal. And uh, I am a snowboarder as well. And the first time I got a board that was a Burton board, that was a very big moment in young Jay Rosenthal's life. Yeah, you know, I feel like I got a burden board as well. It not only was it invented there, it was the first mountain in the country that allowed snowboarders. So it is really the birthplace of sort of modern snowboarders. Uh, that, we I, know
1: I, and, we're, and every single day, we're still fighting against discrimination against snowboarders. I know it's a big problem out in Europe, Jay, I'm telling you. <laughs> it is a big problem. It's certainly a first world problem. Aside from the history of snowboarding, Brett, what do we have for Peak Pals today? Well, speaking of Europe, so for our first story, Europe is worried about their gas supply. For our second story, when housing markets cool, rental markets heat up. And for our last story, robot refs are coming to the World Cup. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I couldn't be more excited about that. Yeah, it would have been very bad for my soccer career. I was I was always on the offside line. But for
0: our first story, Russia is set to switch off the taps to one of Europe's largest natural gas pipelines, and Germany is very worried. Brett. There's a lot of
1: talk about this across the pond. What's the latest on Europe's natural gas supply? I've seen at least like five or 10 articles about this today. So it's, it really is talk of the town. Even as other commodities dip, liquid natural gas, LNG, has kept on trucking with prices soaring 700% in Europe this year alone on its way to becoming 2022's hottest commodity. That's the surprised that everyone's going for, Jay. Kevin Brook, a managing director at Clearview Energy Partners, told Bloomberg, the world is now thinking about gas as it once thought about oil. And the need for secure and diverse supply has become very visible. It's happening because after Russia's
0: invasion of Ukraine, many European countries discovered their supply was neither secure nor diverse
1: as Russia began cutting its shipments in response to sanctions. That's how I felt about my portfolio when the crypto markets tanked. Neither neither secure nor diverse. European countries began to look elsewhere for LNG, driving up prices for buyers around the globe and outbidding developing nations. Now, the price of LNG continues to trend upwards due to new disruptions
0: like a strike by Norwegian oil and gas workers and next week's scheduled maintenance shutdown of the Nord Stream 1 pipeline, which will stop Russian gas flowing to Germany entirely.
1: And don't even think about the sequel, Nord Stream 2, out of the question. In Canada, despite being the fifth largest producer of LNG, there are actually no LNG export terminals to ship it abroad. Now, one is in development in BC to service the Asian market, but that will not be ready until about 2025. And there are two private sector proposals to build terminals on the East Coast that would serve Europe, but they won't be receiving any federal funding. Okay, so Jay, why should we Canadians and Canadian Peak Pals care about what's going on with gas in Europe? Well, global appetite for gas has defied both a trending decrease in
0: globalization and increased concerns about the environment. But its rising prices and tightening supplies mean that some countries might be left out in the cold come wintertime.
1: For our second story, when housing markets cool, rental markets heat up. And I'm going to speak anecdotally here. My rent just went up, Jay. And so I'm, I'm feeling this firsthand. Is that the same for everyone else, or is it just a a me and my landlord situation? By the way, if you're listening, there's no problem with my landlord. (laughs) Sounds like you might.
0: It appears that is not just your problem, Brett. As students get back to campuses and workers back to offices, already overheated rental markets across the country are starting to feel the heat, with Rentals.ca reporting average monthly rents reaching $1,888 in May, which is a big one. It's 10.5% increase from last
1: year. Now, higher borrowing costs are doing what higher borrowing costs do best, which is to cool the economy, resulting in a dip in a once record high property value and home sale volumes. Now, even high earners are being shut out from home ownership, who, according to the Globe and Mail, have the financial firepower to continue to drive up rental prices. In a recent report,
0: CIBC economist Benjamin Tal and Catherine Judge argue that Canada is undercounting housing demand by close to 500 500- thousand households, which means it's not going to get easier anytime soon to secure that CN Tower view or a six-bedroom Western frat house.
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't know (laughs) if you want that. Well, Vancouver, Toronto, and Guelph have seen rental increases between 15 to 20% in the last year. In Kingston, Laval, and Windsor, rents have actually decreased. Well, there's your new home. You're moving to Windsor, I heard. And Brett, (laughs) this is
0: why it all matters. The demand for rental housing at large is growing while supply continues to fall short. To make matters worse, some developers are delaying or canceling housing projects amid rising construction and labor costs.
1: You know, you laugh at Windsor, but they get more sunlight than anywhere else in the country. And so if supply doesn't ramp up, city dwellers will soon be met with an all-too-familiar feeling when it comes to putting a roof over their heads, which is priced out and super frustrated.
0: And for our third and final story today, at least two new things are coming to the 2022 FIFA World Cup in November. Team Canada... And we're going to count them as new since they haven't been there since before Brett was born. And AI technology that will help referees make crucial offsides calls. All right, Brett, we're going to make an exception for our no sports rules. So those people that cringe when we talk about sports, just turn your ears off. What is FIFA's plan
1: with AI refs? Jay, by the way, we actually did get another follow-up review that they don't mind when we talk about sports. So the audience is, is split on that one. But here's what's going on. So the offside rule in soccer, which just like hockey, is actually kind of complicated. And you can ask Ted Lasso about that. But what it essentially says is you can't be closer to your opponent's goal than to the nearest defender. Now, this can be tough to determine even for season refs in close call situations, which is, you know, just a game of inches over whether or not they were offside. And it's those close calls that can turn out to be crucial. It's a moving blue line is a good way to describe it to hockey fans.
0: But FIFA claims its ref were accurate 99.3% of the time on match-changing calls last World Cup. But that remaining 0.7% still caused a big ruckus. For example, Serbia's coach said a ref should have been tried at the Hague for a
1: blatant miscall last World Cup. You know, I hate when refs commit human rights violations, Jay. (laughs) It's the worst. So look, to help the refs get even closer to perfection, which is what everyone is hoping for, FIFA is introducing a semi-automated AI system to track players' body movements using a sensor in the ball that relays its position on the field and 12 machine learning trained cameras. Wow. When the system senses the players offside, a notification
0: is sent to officials in a control room to validate the system's call before giving on-field refs the
1: go-ahead to blow their whistle. And here's why it matters. Reps are useless, Jay. We all know that. I've been calling that for years now. No, no. FIFA has been at the forefront of technology and sports. And now other sports are hopping on the tech trend with the famously change-fearing MLB even planning to introduce some robo-umps in 2024. I just can't wait. we got to get the NHL on this. The Leafs would sort have of beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. And they would have won the Stanley Cup if we just had AI refs jab. And so, you know that. You know that that's not true, but I would love to see
0: an AI strike zone. That would be amazing. And when you're mad at the refs yeah, this World be. Cup for calling a Canadian player offside, consider updating your angry taunts. Maybe something like, you must
1: have a microchip loose or shove this up your server, Mr. Roboto. That's not even good, Brad, is it? No, it's not great, but it'll go over great among the English football hooligans in Qatar. I can promise you that. <laughs> Peak pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you got a second one, follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more at peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson, three hundred six Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale, and
0: thank you, Brett. And, Brett, this really got me in the mood to get my snowboard ready for when it snows, even though it's
1: like 30 degrees outside. You're always thinking about the opposite season. Don't talk about that. We (laughs) are going to embrace the summer and enjoy it while it lasts.
0: Uh, One other thing. You mentioned the sequel to Pipeline. You were making a joke about Nord Stream 1. I did see Top Gun 2.
1: Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it yet. I, I, I need to go. Uh, maybe I'll, and sh, don't tell anyone, maybe I'll pirate it, Jay, but we'll see. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, don't do that. See it at the varsity on
0: Bloor Street, the Manual Life building. Anyway, great movie. And we'll talk about that more maybe as the days go on. Have a
1: good day, Brad. Sounds good. You too, Jay.